0: Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, bite Size edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. Have you struggled to adapt to working remotely and in the office? Duh, most people have. I know that's a set-up question. In this Bite Size episode, Angela Poon and I talk about our experiences working in both large and in small businesses and how we've had to adapt and how we've had to switch to hybrid work. And it's interrupted so many operating rhythms and the flow or getting into that deep work. Angela and I also discuss what we think is the biggest problem that most workers are facing at this point in time poor energy management. Yeah, we hear about burnout, we hear about fatigue, but so much of this starts from poor physical, poor psychological, poor emotional, and also poor spiritual energy management. So listen in as we give you a bunch of simple tips to maintain your energy levels and to stay productive throughout the day.
1: We talk a lot about hybrid work and you talk a lot about that in your keynotes as well. What are you seeing in the hybrid worlds that we're living in now? And what are the opportunities and challenges it presents
0: I'm seeing a blend of excitement and a bunch of anxiety and fatigue. Let's start with the anxiety and fatigue. Look at the latest stats. McKinsey recently did a study. 49% of respondents said they are feeling somewhat burned out because of hybrid work. 72% of employees report feeling exhausted by the hybrid working model. And it's a real opportunity for especially leaders and organisations to reset or to, to totally recalibrate the work proposition. I think some organisations, Ange, have gone to a default. Here's how we worked pre-Monday 16th of March 2020 when we were told in Australia on that date to WFH. And then some organisations have gone, let's go back to where we were. No, 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 no. It's a whole new model. And I quote Professor Linda Grattan, who's just released a great book on hybrid work. Linda talks about the Model T Ford. Now you and I weren't around <laughs> then. <laughs> Our grandparents would have been. So back in 1923, there was one car, the T-model Ford, guess what colour it came in, Ange? You had a big choice.
1: black, green.
0: (laughs) You had a choice of black. So in 1923, there was one car, one model, one colour. And this is a little bit like hybrid work for Mm. people who are going back to what it was pre-COVID working from home. Mm. You know, one way of working, one monochrome operating rhythm, and one set of principles that you were... No, 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 no. Linda talks about now it's like a car. If you go and buy a car, there's a proliferation of brands, multiple models, and you can choose everything from massage on your seats to interior trim to lights. That's what hybrid work requires, a conversation two-way, not didactic, between the employer and employee, what works for you, here's what works for me, let's find a happy medium. So back to, to your original question, the anxiety and fatigue around hybrid is because so many people are still working the way they were a few years ago at home, and then working the same when they go to the office, and the same at a client site or a hub. We haven't adapted the behaviours for this shifting environment. And And then the second thing, employers, leaders have got a massive opportunity right now to engage workers with an exciting new model.
1: So that's really interesting with a hybrid work, um, and what I'm hearing a lot towards the latter part of the year, or what we've been hearing a lot from our clients, is that a number of organisations were really concerned with the great resignation that's meant to sweep the world, and I know you have some strong views about this, Andrew.
0: Strong views. I think it's rubbish, and and, and we saw a lot of the data last year it was in Europe and US. Six to nine months before Australia, and look, there are more resignations because people are questioning work, the value of work, and where and how they work. But I don't think it's a great resignation. It's a great realignment back to what we're talking about, where organisations and individuals realign around three things. Number one, what is work about? So this requires a new definition of work. Work is no longer somewhere you go; it's something you do. We'll come back to that. The second thing is why is work important? Purpose-driven. You know that. We work Mm -hmm. with lots of clients. We've got a global presentation tonight with a whole bunch of heads of people talking about purpose and alignment and energy and connection. And the third one is, how do I want to work in the future? And that's about operating rhythm. So it's about, one, new ways of work. Two, it's about purpose alignment. And three, it's around this operating rhythm. Well, one thing that's common I hear you talk about work is managing energy. So Mm -hmm. what do people need to do? Yeah.
1: The common thread here, I think, is about energy. We, we all have a certain amount of energy that we generate or we give uh, to others. When it comes to hybrid, you were speaking about earlier how people were feeling very fatigued because they were trying to apply the old way of how they were working to this new hybrid world of work. But this is really impacting energy levels. And some of the studies we're hearing and seeing is that people are feeling very fatigued by this. What is your advice on how people can manage their energy levels in this
0: hybrid world? My advice is to do it differently to how most people are now. Uh, Two things that have happened, Ange. We've got rid of the borders and the bookends that used to demarcate the day. And the second thing is we're just doing constant back-to-back Teams or Zoom meetings. So in the first one, if you think about this before, when you were at KPMG, when we worked together, you would wake up, have a shower, have breakfast, you go to work, and then you'd start work. So there's a whole warm up on the bus to train the car, the bike, on the walk. But now we wake up, we shower, we have breakfast, and we're on. And then you would also wind down at the end of the day. And for some people, if they're commuting on public transport, the opportunity to, to close out tasks from the day, prepare for the next day, or it could be just read or do some email, and then you walk home. So there was this real demarcation between starting work and ending work. What happens now? Hey, I'm going to go from the kitchen to the makeshift office, which might also be the kitchen bench, and we just start working. So put in those borders and boundaries and bookends. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and there's loads of research on this, but you don't need research, just do it. Do a day of back-to-back meetings with no sunlight, mm. and, and and put your mitochondria to sleep because you're not getting the steps. We see this in our programs, right? The average person, when they first shifted to working from home, was getting two and a half to three thousand steps per day because you go from one meeting to the next by doing this click, one interview to the next, bang, one podcast to the next. So we took away that movement or the bump you have in the middle of an organisation or the bump you have when you're shifting to meetings. So you've got to build energy back into it, and one of the big biggest things that we do is if you are working from home on a day, don't just sit on your backside, at least like stand up. We can do that in the podcast studio and I'm waking up my mitochondria and do walking meetings. And I try and do at least two or three walking meetings most days. In fact, I sit down with Todd, my EA slash our office manager every Monday morning. And we look at where are the opportunities in those meetings coming up where I can move.
1: So it sounds like a transition time and building buffer into our diaries and not just doing that back to back, which is what a lot of people are doing. And that's why they're feeling that constant fatigue because there's no breaks. Yeah. And you talk about this in in sport at the importance of breaks. Why, from a scientific perspective, why why what does it do to the brain when it comes to having these moments and these breaks?
0: Yeah, well, Dr. Nicola Gates, our neuropsychologist, we've just put some content together on this as well, why people are feeling so fatigued working from home and then going to the office and then going to a a hub or a different client site. Because when you just used to wake up, go to the office, you had a neural pathway. It was a habit structure. You didn't have to think about it. Whereas people are waking up now going, I'm at home. Uh, I'm a client site. Uh, I'm at an off site. So they're having to reform these pathways every day. And that's causing a lot of energy. You you, you burn much more energy when you toggle like that. So I think the first thing to do is acknowledge, hey, hybrid requires more energy. Mm In fact, two, what am I doing to replenish and boost my energies? And then three, how am I working differently? And those little things I said at the start of a day, do a walk, you know, do the daily circadian reset of, of a morning in the first 90 minutes, try and get at least 10 to 15 minutes of direct sunlight exposure. This is from Dr. Andrew Huberman's research, it'll help reset the body clock. Try and move for 30 minutes in that early part of the morning as well. So the bright light from the sun will wake you up and try and push your caffeine back about 90 minutes. So those things of a morning to reset the circadian clock make a huge difference. You know, when we were working through COVID, we had so many of our clients who were feeling like they were jet lagged Mm. because you are just not moving. You're not resetting the daily clock. So that's a big thing is about that daily reset. And then the other one is just at the start of the week, you've got to sit down and look at how am I going to optimize my time and my energy this week? Don't just think you're going to check in because you then check out or you get thrown out at the end of the week. And that's a lot of the practices that we teach. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence Podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including Matchfit, Or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.